everybody. So we are so excited to be here for Obscure Animation, and this is where we celebrate underappreciated uh, hidden gems, uh, films that maybe Obscure is stretching it a little bit, but but uh, we want them to give them a shout out. We don't think they're appreciated enough. And uh, I, I'm Rachel and Stanford is here. Hi, how's it going? Yeah. So today we are talking about a film from Leica Studios from 2012. We're talking about Paranorman. And I'm really thrilled to be talking about this film because I do think it is underappreciated. It may not be obscure, but I definitely think it's underappreciated. Yeah, agreed. And and I can't believe that it's, you know, the film came out in 2012. It seems like it was Okay, maybe 2015, you know? <laughs> yeah, like I know. That long. But, but uh, yeah, so I'm really excited to talk about it, too. So thanks for the invite, yeah. Rachel. Well, in 2012 was a very strong year for animation. Oh, uh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, just the Oscar nominees alone, you had uh, you had Paranorman, Frank and Weenie, which I love both. I think they're both really strong stop motion. And, uh, and then you had Brave and uh wreck ralph pirates band of misfits that's the oh, one that pirates yeah well, I mean, the next year and talk about a banner year for stop motion animation i mean three oh yes really big stop motion animated films yeah. and yeah. and how cool you know yeah. I mean, that's, that's, yeah. that's really really cool I agree. Yeah, it really was a great year for stop motion. Have an Ardman film, have a Disney film, stop motion, and then to have a Leica film. A Leica, yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, I, mean, I, and I, I don't know if that's happened since. It would have had to have three. Three, let's see. Three yeah. big stop motion features all come out yeah. within, the same, within the same year. I don't think so. I... I know, yeah, I'm trying to think here. Let's see. You had in 2015, you had two nominees, Stop Motion, with Anna Melissa and Sean the Sheep movie. Yeah. Uh, and then you had two in 2016 with My Life is a Zucchini and Kubo and the Two Strings. So that's, you know, that's interesting. And I do think the Academy has been, one of their strengths has been almost every year they nominate a stop motion film and yeah I, uh, they I appreciate yeah uh, they've been really great in celebrating uh you know small films small animated films and and stop motion in particular it seems they, they really have done a good job with that i there's something about the artistry in a stop motion animated film particularly paranorman that we're going to talk about that i just am so yeah. i always come away just so amazed uh, by the work uh, of yeah. them it's 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 so amazing and i think with yeah. with paranorman too it's almost a bit of a, a hybrid film is maybe not the right term to use Rachel maybe you know we find a better a better word <laughs> there's some computer there's some computer generated imagery sure. that they have had to put into this film still though it just feels just so dimensional and you're looking and, and, and that everything is, is is done with you know yeah with, with at least they make it look that way and and uh, yeah. just 
just really so, so well made and just technically so excellent. Really immersive and uh, really there's so much heart in this movie. And I think that's what makes it so special. So let's start, let's talk a little bit about Leica as a company. So it, it was really interesting in my research. I learned that the studio actually started as Will Vinton Studios. And that's an interesting thing because he just passed away this last week. I know. Will Vinton just passed away yeah. last week. And, and so, uh, yeah, that is interesting. And, and bittersweet, you know. Because uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. he was such a, he was such a pioneer. I, I you know, I, I remember we're seeing those California raising commercials as a kid, yeah. you know, <laughs> that, that he did, and and uh, and such a distinctive style, and and anyway, and just was such a contributor to the art form, yeah. So, so uh, that's cool that we're talking about about that, yeah. you know, one of something that kind of has his stamp on it in, in, in an indirect way, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, and so I guess he started looking for outside investors uh, in the late 90s, 1998, and that's when uh, Phil Knight got on board. And this is like the most, uh, I guess, glorious case of nepotism ever because uh, you he, imagine. He, he, he basically invested in this studio because he wanted his son to have a career in stop motion animation, Travis Knight. And uh, he's Phil Knight is one of the owners of Nike. <laughs> Phil Knight is one of the Nikes, and Ni- like yes, a founder yeah. of Nike shoes and right. you know apparel and everything. <laughs> Holy smokes. I mean, can you imagine? <laughs> the yeah. president of the Nike shows up, <laughs> like wants to buy your company. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, we should all be very grateful because none of the like, movies have done very well at the box office. But I think because it's this fam- there's this family side to it, they yeah. have persisted where they probably wouldn't have if they were just like some random company. <laughs> I know Yay. exactly, exactly, and Travis Travis Knight, who's who's I believe has a producer credit on this film. He didn't direct it, but he yes, directed Kubo correct. and the Two Strings. Yes, and uh, uh, but he's also directing. You know that Travis Knight. I don't mean to take us down another direction. But Travis <laughs> Knight is directing that Bumblebee movie. Which I yeah. actually have a little bit of hope for, not only because it has a new director uh, with uh, uh, with uh, now more Michael Bay, but also yeah. like I do like Haley Steinfeld, and I I don't know I feel like it could be kind. It looks like the trailers make it feel a little bit nostalgic, which I think is the way to go mm-hmm. with this franchise because yeah, like that's. That's where the 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 memories are of people playing with the toys and the shows from the '80s and things like that. So a little bit of a feeling of nostalgia with a quality actress as opposed to Megan Fox, you know, and these kind of things. And so I'm actually a little bit hopeful. <laughs> but yeah, we'll you know, I, I I'm with you. I you know have my fingers crossed. I I, I hope it's gonna be good. Well, and I just think Travis Knight and and his you know the team at Leica 
they they're so good you know yeah. so yeah. uh yeah. thanks to that that gives it some hope i'm hoping that travis knight that this, this doesn't mean that travis knight is le- is leading like it you know what what yeah. that you know did he just kind of take a break and do this live action slash cgi film you know or i, yeah, I don't I'm know sure. I, I don't know I'm, I'm not sure i hope that yeah i hope that he's not uh i mean he's still evidently the ceo of like president ceo of like yeah so, uh, he hopefully, if he's not going to be animated anymore, hopefully he's at least, because it looks like he, in their new film, Missing Link, uh, he's going to be producer and animator, it says. Okay. Because Missing Link comes out in 2019. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Missing 2019, Link comes out in 2019, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, well. yeah. Glad to hear the like so, it. So anyway, movie. Uh, and, yeah, and they've got yeah. some deep pockets, so, right? Yay for Nike! <laughs> yeah, yay for Nike! Yay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so do you have a favorite like a film of the ones they put out? You know, I think my favorite is Kubo and the Two Strings, but. Definitely number two mm-hmm. is Paranorman. Yeah, I think really Paranorman good. is just, just is, is is so so well done. I I yeah. think I respect Coraline more than I enjoy it, but uh-huh. it's it's uh it's so well made and 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 they did yeah. such a good job. This is a good job with it, but just as a film that I yeah. enjoy, you know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. How I about you? This I think this is I think this is my favorite. But I do love Coraline. I think that what's so, in my opinion, what's really great about Coraline is that her parents are kind of awful. And it's easy to do the right, her real parents, not the fake parents, her real parents. And it's easy to do the right thing and have a protagonist who fights for what's obviously wholesome and wonderful and good. It's harder when you have a protagonist who has to fight for things that aren't that are really flawed and i i think that that you know at first she's very very tempted by these perfect seemingly perfect versions of her parents and but then she she has to kind of fight for these flawed versions of her parents by the end and i kind of think that that's beautiful and i really like that and and i i so that that's the part but i i just love like his movies even the box trolls and a lot of people hated it but i actually thought there was a really interesting core to that movie about about uh class and clothing and how we differentiate ourselves by even just the hats that the different people were wearing how one group could eat cheese and another group could eat cheese and i and how like the one character he he all that he wanted he wasn't really a bad guy he just wanted recognition like he just wanted to be able to eat cheese with even though it made him like super allergic and super sick and so i think there was an interesting thing there that i really enjoyed uh and i i just feel like their movies always have this sort of core heart to them which yeah i really in addition to the incredible animation incredible imagery that there's just this this i end up feeling feeling uh good and uh and and oddly inspired <laughs> no i, I agree with you and I, I, and I feel i yeah. I, feel, 
I, I appreciate what they do as a studio and that I think that they, yeah, they take on these projects that, that have, have some challenging storylines and have some, they have courage in telling these, in telling them, I think. And, and uh, I know I'm with you. I, not a huge fan of the box trolls. I, I, I didn't really like the narrative, but, but again, just absolutely Uh wowed by their, by their technical and artistic wizardry that they, you know, that they incorporate with, with, with uh, their filmmaking. Yeah. Well, let's dive into Paranorman then. So Paranorman, it starts off with, uh, you almost think, oh, is my screen wrong? Because it's starting off with this little sort of scene from a classic zombie movie, like yeah, George Romero's kind of a thing. Or yeah, they, they bring in the aspect ratio. So it's just like yeah. you're looking at that, a really small color TV. And it's, yeah. uh, uh, or even it's like a 16 millimeter film or something, you know, I mean, there's crick. It's, it's just it's, it's not perfect right there's crackles in it or different things but yeah it's such a fun way to start now would you agree with me i feel like it depends on the kid but i really feel like this movie was more made for for uh teenagers for middle school well, high school yeah i think uh, i think teenagers would relate to them more than than yeah the younger set and I, the younger yeah. set might it could be a little scary for them. Although it's kind of a, in a way kind of a safe scary. So it would still be maybe still ultimately kind of fun, I guess, in the twisted way yeah. <laughs> to say, but it depends I, on the, it depends on the kid. Depends on the kid. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's, 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 it's totally junior high, you know, and, and what I think what, yeah. The, the challenges and kind of the horrors of that time period and for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. And I, I, I would agree. What's your, yeah, what do you I, think? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. And I, I think that it's just the humor is also, I just, I think it's a little bit uh, more mature than yeah. something like Frank and Weenie, for example, uh, it's yeah. definitely more for kids. Yes. We start out with uh, Norman talking to his grandma, his dead grandma. <laughs> and, yeah, or, uh, we his... don't find out she's dead until a little later on in the segment, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love, which I love. And, yeah. And he tries to explain to his father about grandma, and he doesn't believe her, and he doesn't believe him. And uh, they have, you know, there's obviously some conflict there between Orman and his parents. And uh, the you learn, like, later on that the whole, in the world of the story, basically ghosts stay around until they're not, not needed anymore. Until the, till their job is done. And so, it, you know, it's interesting to see that uh, for Norman, uh, even uh, even at the end, the grandma is still there. He, she still needs to take care of Norman, which is interesting, I think. Yeah, I think it's interesting, too, that the grandma character doesn't progress like some of these others that, you know, we'll be, we'll be talking about. And I meant to say, uh, 
um, sequence, not segment. So excuse me, but in that, yeah, we learned that, yeah. and and that his and that his, his family is like kind of mad at him or embarrassed at him that he's got, you know, he yeah he's got he claims that he sees dead people, but they they're not they're not buying it, and they just think he's an embarrassment, right? And he's got this big yeah. sister who's who's a little older teenager who reminds me a lot of the uh like it, well it's in kind of twisted way, but like Jennifer Gray's character in Ferris Bueller's Day Day Off, you know, kind of this very self absorbed uh girl you know, I mean who's just the way his sister is. What what's your take on the sister character? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think she's fun. Uh, you know, she's. Well, she, she is fun. I mean, uh, yeah. it, you do see, yeah. Leave for sure, she's right? Like a ditzy character, but you do see some growth from her through the course of the movie. She's oh, dynamic it's enough, I think. And yeah, that they, <laughs> yeah, that she, that she changes, and I think that's a, a difference, between, of course, between. What happens with Jennifer Grey and Sarah Taylor? Yeah. <laughs> she, she, she's kind of oh right, yeah. But uh, yeah. But um, um, still- one interesting thing is that Elaine Stritch, the voice of the grandma, this is her last film role. Yeah, I was going to say that was her last film because when did she die? Like in 2014 or something, or or even mm-hmm. a little earlier. Yeah. But yeah, she she's and 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 the voice cast is terrific. Uh, Anna Kendrick plays oh yeah the, the sister. Jeff Garland plays the dad. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's it really it's interesting because uh, it's interesting because I I think for a while people would have had a, a like a weirdness with him as a dad because he was on Career Enthusiasm for so long and but because now he's been a dad on the Goldbergs for so first you know three or four years and that's a show I watch every week. Uh, it's really natural, but I'm like, why is he being, he is kind of a grump on the Goldbergs, but it, it's sort of uh, jarring a little bit to see him being so mean, you know, to, he's kind of, he's kind of similar to like your, your dad in like, say Peter Pan. Yeah. You know, that's just kind of, yeah. yeah. This kind of wants his son to follow a, a, a particular path, as a, but is unwilling to really pay attention to what's, going on yeah. uh around him yeah. I, I just i kept thinking of jeff garland and wally <laughs> when I oh yeah right because <laughs> you know he plays the captain <laughs> in uh in wally you get completely different characters i just like his voice yeah i just think he's got yeah. such a cool got a cool voice for uh for animation yeah i think so too it's interesting because you look at something like chicken little which has a very similar dynamic as far as this father who's sort of embarrassed by their son and how that movie is just so mean-spirited and so gloomy to me at least like that dad is so mean and so uh awful i hate him and i hate the way he makes a chicken little feel and uh, here they manage that much better here that he i think maybe just because you just don't have that much of him and so it's less like we feel how it hurts norman but we don't hate the character because we just we don't have tons of it we just get just enough 
Yeah, agreed. And uh, and he comes around, right? And and uh, that's that's helpful too. But I, you know, I, I agree. Yeah, I love the whole walk to school where you see all the different ghosts in the the one in that the is, tree, the one in that the, is the coolest scene. Uh, one of yeah. my favorites in the whole film because it really sets up yeah. both. I think Norman as a character, as as well as you know, and 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 then what's going on in this town. But again, I just was amazed at the animation. Just that wonderful, like. How do they do that? I mean, I know it's just a bunch of composite shots and things, but I think it looked to me like they did the, you know, stop motion animation on those characters and then did all that enhancement to make them be ghosts, you know, put all that kind of green mist around them and uh, all those different effects. It's just, just visually really a knockout. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's just, it's fun. It's scary. It's sweet. And it just gives you an idea of Norman, his life, his personality, everything about it. So, uh, so let's talk about Neil. (laughs) So Neil is, becomes, (laughs) becomes Norman's friend. And, And one of the things I think that's interesting about him is that he says uh, at the drama class, which the drama class is, is interesting, but uh, he says, you can't stop bullying. It's part of human nature. Which is a really interesting kind of, when you think about the, uh, when you think about the movie as a whole, it's kind of an interesting comment, especially for his character to say, yeah. uh, I don't know. What do you think about that? Well, I think the way both Neil and Norman handle the bullying is is, is really interesting. Uh, Neil, it does such a good job about he's you know he, he's he's smart and he sees the world for what it is and he he accepts it and yeah. then he and then he also but he doesn't really like it doesn't bug him. You know, it's not, he's not necessarily yeah. trying to change it. He just, just like, this is who I am, world, and if you don't like it, I don't care. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, so I, 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 I admire that. I mean, I'm, I'm sad that, I'm sad that they get bullied at all. Uh, but, and that it even exists. But, I mean, he does have a point about, about that in 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 life it's just it's it, i mean sadly it is the way it is it's i think he's saying the truth even though i don't it's sad but i think he's saying the truth what what's your take yeah it's really interesting because you think about later on when the we'll talk about this a lot but when the bullied becomes the bully later on in the movie uh you know it's an interesting thing and it's not until it's not until uh, Norman reminds her of her of of somebody that loved her and goodness in the world. So I think that that yes, bullying is human nature, but also is is goodness and in love. And I think that's kind of part of the message of the movie. And so we start out with this message of bullying is inevitable, but then yeah. also we kind of end with this message of of love 
mm-hmm. in acceptance. So it, 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 it works really well, I think. I do too. I think Norman handles the bullying in an interesting way too. And, you know, not necessarily a bad way. I mean, cause clearly he doesn't like it. He seems to be more hurt by it. And also I think just generally hurt that people don't understand him. I think maybe even confused, you know, why, why people don't understand because it's, it's his reality yeah. that he's seeing, you know, these ghosts that nobody's willing to accept it and people just make fun of him or, you know, or hurt him. Yeah. But he, he doesn't seem to necessarily want, he's not necessarily defiant against them. I think he's also accepting about it, but probably more in a, which is more of a melancholy way than, than um, uh, Neil is, at least, you know, in my interpretation. Yeah. yeah, I think that's true. Uh, I, I agree. And so one thing is also interesting about this movie is that there are, are so many characters and that can be very problematic. <laughs> uh, but there are exactly they pull it off. characters. And that's not even including the, the townspeople. If you add the, the townspeople, there's another couple dozen. And oh, yeah. so that's very impressive. It is with all, with all the stop motion that they do. It's, it's really, it's, yeah. it's, it's really something. And every, and you know, everything really looks good. You know, even those kind of mm-hmm. mob type scenes that are going on in act three. Yeah. Uh, it all looks really good. And maybe some of it's CGI, but I think just most of it is, you know, they're using puppets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty interesting when you learn about the production of this film that they, uh, that they wanted to make a zombie movie because they felt that they were, it was an easy way to kind of involve a little bit of social commentary, which is a part of the genre of uh, monster movies and uh, zombie movies and uh and they wanted to do something that could help kids kind of express how they're feeling about not being listened to and not being taken seriously and and i really i really remember that as a child i remember feeling like i had answers to these questions i had ideas i had i i had thought about things especially as a teenager and i remember one time uh at church I had really worked hard on a talk and uh, on a, a speech we did and uh, it was on Esther and I'd really researched it and I'd really, and <laughs> I, a lot of people, like they came up to me, oh, that was, I'm so amazed that you gave that kind of talk and so impressed. And while you're kind of com- complimented, it's kind of also like, I, I felt a little bit like, what did they just assume I was going to? be stupid you know what i mean like there was a side yeah. of me that was like why are they so surprised i'm mm-hmm. a, you know <laughs> and yeah i don't know i i think that we sometimes either assume that all teenagers are inherently rebellious or inherently stupid and that can be very frustrating uh when you're that age but i i even as a little child i remember that sensation of feeling like nobody is listening to me nobody cares mm-hmm. what i have to say and mm-hmm. and just being so like loving the the people who really 
listened and were really my friend. Uh, I love, I've always been a huge mentor person. And uh, one of the things I love the most about my grandpa, who is my hero in life, is that he loved me and he was such a great listener. And I, I definitely can relate to Norman in the sense that like her, his grandma <laughs> is, uh, is the one that's sort of watching out out for for him because i felt Mm -hmm. that way about my grandpa for sure yeah so yeah that's yeah that's really really great yeah so i don't know it's an interesting thing but i guess for this movie they in they were the first it was the first time they ever used a color uh 3d printer to create all the 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 masks for the puppets the faces because uh, they're like a little like mask, whatever that they pop on yeah, to the puppet, the, 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 for each yeah. expression. For uh, each expression that the the fake character makes, and and I I just love how they built uh, kind of that that model, particularly for for Norman. His face is so expressive, and. Clearly, because they're you know busting out all those three <laughs> models of it, but his eyebrows are so cool. Yeah, yeah. Too, you know. Uh, yeah. Uh, I I I think this uh, definitely one of the strengths of it. That's really interesting to know too that they you know help the technology is helping move the art forward in this case. Yeah. Yeah. Or hopefully I guess making their lives used... a little easier. Yeah, I guess that Coraline had used black and white 3D printer, but this is the first time that it had been in color. A color. Makes sense when you think about, yeah, because Coraline is pretty black and white. Yeah. And uh, and this is definitely has just so much color. So it's really cool. Um, so then he goes home. They they talk about the play and the witch's curse. And I think that was a really smart way to sort of have exposition is have it be part of this play and the practice for the play. And you find out about this witch's curse on the town uh, and you find out some more exposition later on. But they do a pretty good job, I think, of weaving exposition into the story. I agree. Even with some of those op- shots in the opening, in the opening scene, you, you see that this town is obsessed with wish that something something happened and almost like uh, made me feel like it was a a very kitschy it was like uh if all the stuff around uh aliens like area 51 and then salem massachusetts like met and had a baby it would be it would be <laughs> blythe uh, whatever blythe hollow is that the name of the, name of the town because you know they've got all this kind of kitschy stuff oh, about yeah. witches and, and stuff uh you know and so it's setting up the uh you know without really talking about it you say something went on here with the witch and it made me think instantly like there must have been a witch trial or something and we find out yeah that's is what happened but uh uh i but i agree with you they that's that's again just one of the storytelling strengths of of what they're doing on Leica, yeah. they're you know they're showing and not necessarily telling and hitting you over the head with it. And that school yeah. play scene, as you're talking about, is a really good example of of how uh, of of bringing up this history 
about without just like hitting you over the head or boring you with your sex position. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And so we learned, yeah, that there uh, was this, uh, there was this girl uh, who, uh, uh, who was declared a witch. (laughs) Uh, And, uh, and so and then was killed and we start to learn more kind of about her throughout the course of this uh and there's been this curse put on the town and we learn more about it as we go along well uh norman ends up getting into this big fight with his father i didn't really love the scene where he's like walking through this the hallway at school and the way that the they kind of show the bullying and the kind of the i remember that sort of weird feeling in high school of of just like I don't know, walking through the hallways and feeling you were like in some kind of like tunnel of people. Yeah. Like it's such a weird, such a weird time to be alive is in high school, middle school. <laughs> Absolutely. Goes to the bathroom and we get this scene with Pendergast, uh, this man named Mr. Pendergast. Uh, and we get this scene his with uncle. his, yeah, his uncle. And he comes, uh, through the uh um through the toilet <laughs> yeah he's died uh, kind of doing a yeah a harry potter you know right right yeah so for way not as annoying as moaning myrtle uh so <laughs> what do you think of Pendergast? well he's a fun character you know fun design and he's he's the one who's who's been tasked with reading this story every year you know it's just part of kind of appeasing of the ghost the big ghost of the over the town and yeah he's died and so he's now handing it over over to norman because he knows norman has the has the uh this it's not esp but whatever you call it his extra ability to you know to see to see the ghosts and right I, i you know, it's it's over. The, he's played by John Goodman. It's it's over the top, but it's just kind of fun. You know, it's, again, it's just like the 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 kooky uh, character that even he's had a hard task, and you don't know what happened first. If he if he went crazy before or after, you know, he was given this yeah. <laughs> given this assignment, but yeah, but uh, but still. It it's you know it, it's colorful and it's fun and it adds it adds to kind of the excitement and the mystery of it. What do you what do you think yeah. of it? Yeah, I I forgot to mention that uh, that he does. We do see him earlier before he dies. Yeah, we before see him, he dies. Yeah, and he tells Norman with him. Neil. He tells him that you know you must take up this the ritual to protect the town before sunset, right? Yes. Uh, well, yeah. he doesn't tell him the sunset until until he dies. Oh, that's right? later. That's when he comes. Yeah, yeah. until he dies. Yeah. So then that's his thing that he has to do. He has to tell uh, that he has to read the book before sundown that day, and uh, and and once he's finished, then his task is completed and his spirit is set free, and he you know he leaves, and so then that leaves Norman to figure this all out and try to find the book and uh yeah i mean some of the humor doesn't a hundred percent work for me 
uh, yeah. in, in, in like this scene and some of the other scenes. I, I don't know. It just doesn't quite nail it, <laughs> but it's still a fun scene. I still, yeah. I still like it overall. It just, yeah. He, I, I mean, he, he's not my favorite character. And once, once he was gone, I was kind of, in a way kind of relieved. Like, I hope we don't have to hear too much of this. There's that, there's yeah. that part where, you know, Norma goes into his house and, you know, his house is really scary. It's up on the hill and he's clearly yeah. been some kind of a hoarder and, and not very tidy, you know, and, and, and who knows? I mean, he's clearly, he's a guy had issues, but, but, uh, the, as and, and, you know, Norma's trying to pry the book from his dead, you know, he's, you know, he's gripped onto it. Pendergrass is gripped onto it with his dead hands. And it's a really long sequence as Norm was trying to get the book out of his hands. Yeah, like, yeah. please, how much, how much do we have to see if this? But. Yeah. I do also like thinking about going to, going to go get the book. He's grounded, but he's going to go and he's talking to grandma and she says, nothing, there's nothing wrong with being scared, Norman, as long as you don't let it change who you are. Yeah. 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 Good. You know, some wisdom. <laughs> wisdom from our friends at Leica. That's good. That's good. That's good. Good <laughs> advice from Grandma. Kind of reminds me of Sam Elliott's character in The Good Dinosaur. He's like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Nothing wrong with being scared. Being scared lets you know you're alive. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh so yeah he so he goes to the cemetery and he's going to uh try he's going to try to read the book but the problem is, is there is this guy named alvin who is his bully at school alvin alvin's yeah. a big bully at school and he is such a stupid jerk i mean he, he's he is the quintessential boy that we all knew and hated yeah, yeah you know yeah for sure yeah he reminds me a lot of the bully character in the on the simpsons uh oh yeah not nelson but the uh the one that they like will joke a lot that he's like <laughs> he's like 19 or something like that in elementary school yeah uh he, he looks a lot like that character. he looks a lot like him yeah yeah and so he prevents him from finishing the story and uh and the sun goes down and that's when the uh the characters the people the cursed dead uh come uh up as zombies and uh so what's really interesting is sort of the next probably 45 minutes of the movie are all sort of classic chases zombie kind of scenes total homage in a way to every horror movie right i mean these the kids have to kind of unite and then they're getting and they're getting chased yeah because you have uh you end up with neil and norman and alvin alvin and then you have his sister ends up coming for him because she's going to get blamed if he's gone and so uh and what's her name again i forget the sister's name 
is Courtney. Courtney. So then Courtney. And she is voiced. She's voiced by Anna Kendrick. Yes. Anna Kendrick. Yeah. And then Mitch, Mitch is the brother of Neil. Who's, and, who's Neil's big brother. Yeah. And, and so, it's like a football player or something. I mean, yeah. Courtney's got a big crush on him. <laughs> yeah. And so this group is kind of running after the, they're trying to get up to the town hall and they're being chased by the zombies. And so, like you said, there's sort of a lot of classic uh, zombie kind of moments and scenes. And then even like kind of Scooby-Doo where they, yeah, I'll get it. Mitch has a van. Yeah, that's true. That's a good comparison. Yeah, and then they get in the van, and there's all the zany, this zany chase as they're screaming, you know, as they're being chased in the, in the van. And, you know, I mean, it, it, it's fun, and it's again reminiscent of, of lots of other things and great, and again, knockout yeah. animations. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I agree. And you have the, the townspeople that are, you know, trying to kill the zombies. And everything's just mayhem and craziness. It's mayhem. (laughs) And so, yeah, and they're looking in the archives for what will break the curse and not, you know, not finding it. (laughs) Yeah, because, because, I'm wanting to call him Kubo. I'm thinking, wrong, wrong movie, Stan. (laughs) (laughs) Norman, not Kubo. Excuse me. Norman keeps reading to the book that he, you know, pried from his from his uncle's hands, um, and it's just it's a fairy tale, and there's nothing in there that seems to be anything that people, you know, these zombies are reacting to. It's it's not breaking the spell. Nothing's happening. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, so they're desperately trying to figure out what you know what they can do. Yeah. What, what what again leads them to the town hall? Is it the friend that they like Google it or something? Yeah, there's uh, yeah, there's these uh, what is it that they uh, they're trying to find out this uh, they're trying to find out more about this uh, Agatha Pendergast Aggie, uh-huh. find out more the about Aggie. the Judge Hopkins and that whole situation and. Uh, the because the grave is unmarked. That's right. And, uh, That's right. As soon as they're saying the records are in the town hall, right, or something to that effect, and that leads them there. Something like that. Yeah, it's a little, yeah. a little confusing. A but, little confusing, a little convoluted. But then again, you just kind of throw caution to the wind. You're just like, okay, whatever, and just just let you just go. <laughs> yeah. Wherever, realizes, wherever they're running around. Yeah. Because he realizes that the grave is unmarked, and so he's trying to find out more. And that's when he con- contacts Salma from school, and they tell he tells them about the uh, the archives, uh, yeah. and that we'll talk about the, the that'll have the unmarked grave. So that's what they're trying to find, I think. There, but she's a friend. She's Neil, one of Neil's friends, right? Or not? Yes. Not a close yeah. friend, but she hangs yeah. out with Neil a little bit. Yeah. And so uh, I did like the line. I think it's pretty funny. He says that, uh, that Mitch says, if I'd known there was so much reading involved, I would have brought a completely, I don't know. Norman says, 
Barbara says, if I had known there was so much reading involved, I would have brought a completely different group of people. That was funny. <laughs> yeah, it has some fun. Yeah. Why well, that? Because it's true. Because here he is with really kind of, with the exception of Neil, you know, these people are just not. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, his sister and Mitch, yeah. you know, and, and, and Norman, Alvin, you yeah, know. Yeah. And Norman says at a certain point, he says, no one ever listens to me. Uh, and everyone in the real world thinks I'm a freak and maybe they're right. And, uh, and so, you know, he's feeling this frustration. Like I said, I think they do a really good job sort of capturing that feeling that so many children have of just like, they're not, no, they're not listening to me. They don't care what I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's really good. So, uh, all right. And Cody Smith McPhee, uh the voice of norman he makes such interesting choices uh he was i mean he's been in the x-men movies and whatever but like uh he was just in this movie alpha this year which oh yeah that's it, right yeah it looked terrible but i was so pleasantly it was good, surprised right yeah it was good it was good it was beautifully made it was compelling it was i i kind of joked that it was the <laughs> the the teenage version of the remnant of the revenant but with nice <laughs> not a nice person <laughs> that's kind of how it felt <laughs> but it was good it was quality and i was yeah so, it was way better than it looked that's for sure but anyway he's an interesting actor he picks he picks interesting he picks work. I interesting feel. projects, and yeah. I, I, I really like his vocal performance in this film a lot. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's one of the strong points is that because not only is 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 did they do a wonderful job in animating Norman, but you know the vo the vocal performance just enhances it so much. Yeah, she's very good. Yeah, I agree. He has a lot of nuance to his voice. Mm -hmm. and uh so all right then uh so what happens is basically norman finds this book and he needs to go up to the tower to read the book and i can't really remember why he needs to do that but uh he well he he goes up there i think partly to because that you know i mean i think it's i think it's the spirit of aggie but it's just that uh yeah. Uh, in the sky, you know, that you see those eyes in the mouth. Yeah. I mean, it almost looks like a witch, you know, how we would, yeah. how we would classify kind of the classical looking witch. Um, yeah. But, uh, so he's trying to yeah, talk but, to her. Uh-huh. And, you yeah. know, and kudos to Norman that he's, <laughs> he's, he's not shying away from any of this now. He's, he's on board and he's fighting it. You know, he's just fighting it. Yeah. He's brave. And, uh, yeah. He's really brave. Yeah uh so yeah he climbs up the tower but the witch strikes the book with lightning and that hurls uh norman off of the tower and back into the archives and he has this dream uh where he learns the whole story about agatha or aggie Pen prendergast the and he this girl she was a medium just like just like norman uh, so she could commune with dead people and hear their stories and and this uh the this allowed her to be uh, wrongfully convicted by the town uh as a witch, as a witch. and 
And so she is super, super bitter as, I mean, naturally you, you might be inclined yeah. to be if you get killed. Yeah, bitter <laughs> and eternally angry, you know, yes. and just, and just as wreak, you know, wreaks havoc her with, with, with her anger. Yeah. And she just says, I will, I'll make you all sorry. And she's very angry. And I, I like that. I think it's my favorite part about this movie, aside from the animation, is this message of that with this bullied, bullied person becoming the bully, that if we, if we allow, even if we feel justified in our anger, if we allow it to take our, take over our lives, then, yeah, then we become what we hate. Yeah, and, and wow, and she is the embodiment of it, isn't, isn't yeah. she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I really, and I love sort of dream sequences in movies like this, you know, that uh, I, I love in the final uh, Harry Potter movie, for example, when Harry is in that sort of dr- spirit world dream yeah. area. I love, it's just such a, like a peaceful, and even though this is like a traumatic event we're seeing, I don't know, there's just something, I just love scenes like that. I, I think yeah. they're, they're really good. It's a cool narrative device, and they do it artistically. They do it in an interesting way too. How uh, the world almost like the, the the real world like almost like burns up around Norman, and he's and he's taken into this yeah. other this other realm. And, and that's uh, right. That's true. Visually, it's really really striking how they how they pull him into yeah, kind of this dream where the subconscious stuff is yeah. going on, and it's really very effective. Yeah. And, uh, and so Norman decides, he says, I've got to do something that nobody has ever done before. I've got to talk to her. So he actually talks to the zombies and, uh, they actually tell him they're not really zombies in like the traditional sense. They're just, they're more like spirits because they're really not trying to eat anybody. Right. They're not trying to, exactly. They're, they're, freaky looking you know i mean they're terrifying no wonder everybody's freaking out you know but yeah they yeah they're just trying to get norman to intervene on their behalf and get rid of the curse basically and they explain what they did out of you know that they acted out of fear and they uh so they so yeah because they're like basically the judge and jury yeah of who convicted who convicted aggie to death yeah and they they can't they're stuck in this you know type of hell right that they can't they can't escape from because there's all this kind of unresolved uh, things as 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 things were set up you know in this world as you mentioned early on yeah and you do get a nice a really good scene where the mob is trying to stop them stop norman from going and he he says they were just like you but now it has to stop so they acted Mm -hmm. in in fear as sort of mob rule and now here there's mob rule again and uh that i think is it was a really powerful scene yeah agreed and it's interesting too that really even though I mean, Norman's sister and Mitch and everybody, you know, they're, they're, 
they're on his side, kind of the Scooby mm-hmm. gang. Yeah. For lack of a better phrase, is on uh, are on his side, but nobody else really is on 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 his side. But he yeah. he he carries on, you know, and he and he does what he knows he needs to do. His parents are in the mob. I know. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's pretty interesting. And I do, uh, it's right around here too, that you also get Courtney trying to sort of buoy his spirits. And she says, I cheered the uncheerable. Courtney's funny. Yeah, yeah. She's a funny character. <laughs> Because she's still, she's still super dumb, even though she, though ultimately comes around and believes her brother, which I think is, that's really the revelation, right? Is that she, she's experiencing all this stuff. She's like, holy fuck, my brother was not kidding. This stuff is real. (laughs) You know, know, he's really, which, which I was happy about, like we were talking again about at the beginning, which she even though she still stays stays pretty stupid, she comes around and at least becomes his advocate, which I, which I liked. Yeah, I think so too. And so Judge uh, Hopkins, uh, one of the zombies, ends up getting in the car in the back seat. With... <laughs> so funny. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, but that's pretty fun, and he does. Uh, Norman is able to get his parents to drive him to follow Judge Hopkins and get to this grave in the forest. And that's where he confronts Aggie. And they have this fairly long discussion. And he tells her they that you know that she is turning that her vengeance has only made her like the ones wronged her that you know that that he tells her that and and that he also though i love the fact he tells her i'm not leaving you alone but just just listen he tells her that uh that he will listen which nobody has been willing to do for him the entire movie and but except for neil i guess but you know yeah neil yeah and telling her that he He's not just going to judge her that he really wants to listen. And, and he says, you want everyone to suffer as much as you, but there must be someone who loved you and you must remember the good ones. And, and then Aggie says, but what about the people who hurt you? Don't you ever want to make them suffer? Norman says, well, yeah, but what good would it do? You think just because there's bad people that there's no good ones. I good ones either. I thought the same thing for a while, but there's always someone out there for you somewhere. And that's when she thinks of her mom, which I think is a very yeah. powerful scene. It really is a powerful, it's a powerful scene. Cause when Aggie, when he's having this conversation with Aggie, she's, um, she goes all Linda Blair almost, you know I mean? She's <laughs> all, uh, in this, I mean, it's just it's really cool. you know, art that they created for it but yeah she's she's levitated and like lightning bolts are coming out of her and she's kind of using her power and she's still super mad but uh he i i just think those words he says to her they're you know he's speaking the truth and it's beautiful 
Yeah. Yeah. I think so. And, uh, and you know, you just think of like, hopefully most people can think of their mothers as somebody who, yeah, you know, that unconditional love. Mm-hmm. So it's really beautiful. And, and that's I, where the fairy tale comes in, right? Yeah. Because she would read of the fairy tale. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so she just falls asleep on Norman's shoulder, which, and she just kind of drifts away and i love that i think that's so i do so sweet it's a really sweet movie for all the scares and all the gross out kind of moments and stuff there's like i said earlier there's like there's a heart here that's really lovely oh absolutely yeah and that's that's really a a sweet way to bring that conflict uh to resolve the conflict because it's not like he has to destroy her blow her up or something you know he's Mm -hmm. gotta he's just gotta talk to her talk with her and calm her down and help and listen to her and help her remember yeah yeah and help her realize like who she had become i think uh you know you just get so caught up sometimes in in your anger or your emotion that you don't even realize what you're Mm -hmm. what you're becoming so that was yeah. really really beautiful so they they also have uh the a moment after after everything's sort of resolved and there's a little bit of calm we have a moment where we find out that mitch uh is a gay character and yeah. uh, jokes about his boyfriend and this corgi's uh, bombed because she yeah. uh yeah no chance with mitch and director chris butler he said that uh that the character was explicitly connected with the film's message and he says quote if we're saying to anyone that watches this movie don't judge other people then we've got to have the strength of our convictions so this was the first gay character uh, in a animated film uh o- openly a gay character and so it was really quite groundbreaking in that in that fact yeah, I mean they uh they didn't shy away from it, that's yeah. for sure. And uh in that resolution too as all this stuff is is is, is coming to a conclusion. Yeah. Rachel, the um the uh when the zombies I can't remember if it's before Mitch Mitch, you know, we find out about Mitch or not. I think it's I think it's I think it's before, but the zombies basically turn back into uh like a spirit and then are able to mm, drift yeah. off and that animation is so cool because they go from yeah from truly being like the grotesque zombie to then looking like they looked like is when they were humans and and then you know their spirit kind of evaporates into that cool paranormal green mist <laughs> yeah. call it. Um, and you sense but, uh, the sort of relief of the uh the you sense the sort of relief on the part of the zombies that this horrible yeah, curse is over it's it's relief and you know the expression on their faces is interesting yeah. because it's not they're not looking elated because i think they realize what they did was horrible you know, to, what they did to Aggie was was unconscionable, really, right? Yeah. And they know, and they know it, but they're at least 
free from this particular moment and then they, then they have to deal with it. But, and again, I was so impressed with the expression that they animated on their faces, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. That. Yeah. Me too. And finally you have Norman and Neil and they're just, you know, sitting talking and, and he says to Neil, you stood by me all the time. So they have a really cute kind of moment, at the end. And, uh, and and then we get our credits, which I love the closing credits, which are kind of have that feel sort of old school uh, horror posters. Horror, like movie posters. Yeah. yeah. It's a really fun. So, yeah, I just, I really like this movie. I think that it's, it has some good scares. It's pretty funny. I mean, I remember the first time I saw it, even though I was an adult, I, I genuinely thought it was pretty scary. It had a couple times. Where yeah in the theater like ooh, you know? <laughs> yeah it's scary it's it's there's there's some good scares in it yeah for sure and the yeah. animation is great i think it has a great message about uh about letting people letting other people choose who you become whether it's a bully whether it's uh you know the way that aggie kind of became this horrible person and uh became the bullied the became the bully after being bullied and and, and, you know what norman uh is not gonna allow that to happen to him and and uh i don't know just all the different characters are really funny and uh sweet and i just really enjoy it i think it's a really fun movie and got a ton of heart so i think they did a really good job great voice cast uh great looking film uh so yeah i love it i think it's great i do too it's really just you know for all the reasons you said it's just really just a well done terrific film and and you know a perfect film for halloween yes yeah yeah i've actually watched it several times for halloween and you know, it's it's only ninety three minutes, which is kind of nice for Halloween. Yeah, <laughs> you wanna, not yeah, too long. Yeah, it's a good length, and yeah. there's you know, it's it's action packed. There's not there's never a dull moment really in this film. And there's a couple of you know things like the getting the book out of his dead uncle's hands, stuff like that. And you know, I don't really like it. You can fast forward through. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, yeah. It, overall, it moves at a pretty yeah good clip and and really entertaining and and, and spooky yeah. you know and legitimately and legitimately kind of spooky and i do like that it doesn't like i do like the fact that the grandma is still at the end there at the end like me too i just because I, I was wondering what was going to happen to her then we find out she's 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 there and not only is she there but norman's dad and sister although they can't see her you know, they ask him, "Is Grandma here?" Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and they and they acknowledge it, and they come in and watch TV with him. Because and with her, she was Grandma yeah. too. Grandma was in the room doing her her uh, ghost her ghost yeah. knitting. Yeah, because <laughs> her job. Yeah, that's right, ghost knitting. Because her job isn't finished yet. Like Norman is not yeah, a finished character. He's still got a lot more growth and learning. She's there to help Norman. It's a real comfort. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, I think it's I love that concept too, Rachel, that, you know, and I think there's a bit of of truth to it, partly from our faith, but I just also think it's such a wonderful concept that, you know, you're talking about the relationship you had with with your grandpa and then just these other, our loved ones that are 
die, you know, that have died and are no longer yeah. with us. But they, but that they are in a way, you know, that they're that they're looking out for us and helping us, even though we can't really see it. I, yeah, I love, I just love that idea. Me too. Me too. And I believe it. I really do. And yeah. so, yeah, it's a great movie. If you guys are listening, if you haven't seen it, definitely give Paranorman a check shot. Check it out. Yeah. <laughs> they did a great job. And check out all the Leica films. I definitely think they're all worth a watch at least. For sure. Leica is such an interesting studio. Absolutely. Yeah. Watch all, watch all the Leica films. Yeah. So. And hopefully this new one's going to be good. Yes, I'm very excited. Very, very excited about it. So, all right, great. Well, thanks so much for talking about Paranorman with me. And let us know in the uh, comment section or on Twitter what you think about Paranorman. And uh, we'll we'll discuss it. It'll be fun. And so, Sanford, where can people find you? Well, speaking of Twitter, I'm uh, uh, my handle is at Stanford Clark, and and I have a movie blog, which is moviespastandpresent.com. Great. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews on iTunes and on YouTube. So make sure to check that out and give us a thumbs up on YouTube and give us your reviews on iTunes. We really appreciate it when you do. And uh, in next month, we are going to be talking about, for obscure animation, we're going to be talking about In My Corner of the World, which is an anime film that I'm really excited to dive into. So uh, thanks again. And uh, yeah, let us know what you think about paranorman so we'll talk to you all later and uh, thank you (laughs) okay bye (laughs) bye